Hello, everybody. I'm Andy Hill. And I'm Renee Safier. Welcome to the fourth installment of Talkin' Dylan. I put down my robe, picked up my diploma, took a hold of my sweetheart, and away we did drive. Straight for the hills, Black Hills of Dakota. That was the Day of the Locusts. Dylan wrote that after his experience receiving an honorary degree from Princeton. After hearing Bob Dylan at a rehearsal in 1961, John Hammond Jr. signed the 21-year-old on the spot to Columbia Records. Almost as instantaneously, executives referred to the choice as Hammond's folly as they watched the record plummet off the charts. Essentially, from that moment until the present day, Bob Dylan has continued to surprise and confound the music industry, music fans, and our culture with constant change, unusual choices, and often erratic behavior, seemingly always on the other side of whatever side there is, Dylan may be at his least comfortable receiving accolades publicly the Thomas Paine Award in 1963, the Honorary Doctorate from Princeton and from St. Andrews, a Lifetime Grammy Award in 1991 are examples, and each makes interesting reading. When he won the Nobel Prize for Literature last year, there was as much talk about his absence from the banquet as about the value of his canon. Personally, as will come as a surprise to exactly no one, I was delighted to hear the news of Dylan as Nobel recipient. His songs and voice have accompanied my own life's journey since my late teens, and I can't imagine a world without that soundtrack. As Renee and I have produced Dylan Fest over the years, it strikes me that Dylan apprehends the world through a different lens than the rest of us. It's probably reckless to judge too quickly his behavior on a given day. His unique lens made it possible to imagine into existence a hard rains are going to fall, chimes of freedom, blowing in the wind, and a hundred other masterpieces. And in terms of his literary influence, he fashioned an underground railroad that brought to us Leonard Cohen, Joni Mitchell, Bruce Springsteen, Paul Simon, and every other songwriter who required more of their work than a hummable tune. The Beatles still would have taken over the world, but it would have been a world without revolution or imagine. Still, 
What could be so important in someone's schedule that it can't be arranged to accommodate a trip to receive a Nobel Prize? In 1991, Jack Nicholson called Dylan a paradox, a statement seemingly contradictory, but in reality possibly expressing a truth. In that spirit, it's interesting to mull over the following quotes. I have dined with kings, and I've been offered wings, and I've never been too impressed. That's Dylan from his song, Is Your Love in Vain? I didn't know whether to duck or to run, so I ran. That's from Brownsville Girl. And then there's this. I say it as any kid who admired his dad and had a great relationship with him. He never missed a single Little League game I had. He's collected every home run ball I ever hit. And he's still affectionate to me. Maybe he doesn't want people to know that, but I'll tell you because it's my interview. That's Jacob Dillon, Bob Dillon's son, the leader of the Wallflowers. I think Dillon's body of work and its effect on our world makes him worthy of the Nobel Prize. I'm less concerned with his manners.
a Nobel-winning prize song, don't you think? <laughs> yes. Amazing. That's a Every Grain of Sand. That was a Mika Larson on the cello, Marty Rifkin on the pedal steel. You know, um, in doing the Dylan Fest, we've been mentioning it so much, we were just two days away from completing the 27th annual Dylan Fest. We're sitting here on May the 9th, 2017, and Andy and I are almost recovered from the eight-hour concert and the three-month run-up, I guess you'd say. But I'll tell you, it was such a great day. And um, it's funny, every year when we do the festival, they're like, well, somebody or more than somebody, tens of people come up and say, well, has Bob Dylan ever shown up? Does he know about it? And uh, they always say, well, you should get him to come and play. And I usually say something like, no, never, I, I like I literally cannot imagine him knowing about our festival or showing up for it. It would seem kind of impossible. I mean, if he didn't show up to receive his Nobel Prize, I doubt if he'll come to Torrance. So, <laughs> but when I was kind of thinking about it, I did a little thought experiment, and I thought, well, I'm going to try to Im- and imagine him walking through the gates. So, you know, how would he get there? Well, I think he'd, he'd ride up on his bike, seems to like his bike and he'd he'd come in and he'd reach in his jeans pocket and he'd pull out some crumpled bills and he'd pay for his ticket of course he'd be wearing sunglasses and he'd be his usual scruffy self so I I mean would anybody even know it was him I can see him lean his bike up against the fence and he would start surveying the scene he'd stroll through the crowds he'd be slouched down under his hoodie he'd be artfully avoiding all eye contact. And, uh, you know, here and there, a small buzz would start to reverberate through the crowd. You know, is that? Did you see that guy over there? No, that can't be. No, really. Serious, do you think it's? Nah. So then he'd direct his attention to the stage. Nice banners, you'd think. How many players are up there anyway? Is that a cellist and an accordion player? So then the band would kick into Caribbean wind, and he'd think, hmm, 
interesting choice. Next comes only a pawn in their game. Hmm, yep, thinks my imaginary Bob. Now that's a timely choice. A wry grin would start to show on his lips. So just then, the electric guitar would tear into the opening lick of Highway 61. The horn section would join in, the bass would be pumping, the drums are driving, the organ soars. Bob starts to do a little hint of a jig. He moves closer to the stage, immersing himself in the growing group of dancers. There are smiles all around. The electricity would be palpable. And Andy looks down at the group, joyfully dancing right down in front. Who is that guy, says his expression as he looks over at me. Is that? And I look down at the scruffy character dancing right next to Sandy. Now she's having too much fun to notice, and I look back at Andy, and my face says, No way, yes, that's him. Let's get him up to play. And then we both look down and motion him to come up and, well, where's that guy in the hoodie? He's not there. <laughs> yeah, he's not there. <clears throat> that's a, I'm not there. That's, that's the name of one of those movies that yeah, came out about right. his life yeah, with Kate Blanchett. Yeah, he's shown up at John Lennon's, at the John Lennon tour to see where John Lennon was born and raised and in the last decade, he's shown up at Neil Young's childhood home, at Bruce Springsteen's childhood home. And I, I just find it terribly moving every time I hear one of these stories uh, to imagine what's going on in his mind, uh, these, these uh, pilgrimages that the, our greatest songwriter is making. And, of course, I think my favorite story is the the young female police officer who didn't recognize him and picked him up for as a vagrant prowling around a local <laughs> residential neighborhood when he was on tour with John Mellencamp and Willie Nelson. <laughs> that was in New Jersey, I think, right? Yeah, I think that was around <laughs> Springsteen's place. <laughs> so great. Yeah, I am um, I know he um I, knew, I do know he goes to the dentist because our friend John Bradley goes to the same dentist as him. And I remember uh, one time uh, John got the clue that he was having an appointment and he put the Dylan Fest flyer right on the, the desk there. And um, he, of course, didn't show up. So anyway, I think it's okay that he doesn't show up. What do you think? Well, we've gotten by for the last 27 years and we'll... Uh somehow, you know, trudge forward. <laughs> and they always say, you know, be careful of, you know, wanting to meet your heroes. You know, you might be disappointed. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's uh, he's given more than enough to us through his music. I don't think he has to give us his, his, his all of himself to us. I think uh, no one has the right to that. And I think sometimes fans really make that mistake. You know, they, they get mad when a, a hero of theirs doesn't act heroically for them when you just you, you can't hold that mantle up all the time it's impossible i agree yeah all right so thanks for listening everybody we are uh andy hill and renee safier we are working musicians in the los angeles area and we produce an annual bob dylan festival just finished our 27th and we'll be doing it again in uh, 2018 that's right may the 6th 2018 
And if you're amused, entertained, or moved by anything you heard today, go to our website. That's where you can get our Bob Dylan products. Uh, our most recent one is Live Dylan Fest. And we also have a whole bunch of CDs of our own material. We have mugs and shirts. <laughs> Yeah, this uh, we've got this opportunity to do this Talkin' Dylan podcast, and it's been really fun so far. We're just getting our feet wet. Um, but uh, we've primarily been playing our original music through our um, recorded works. Andy's quite a songwriter, and uh, we hope you'll check those out. It's uh, com, And we also play all the time, mostly in the L.A. area, but we do travel a lot. We'll be heading to Italy in a couple of weeks, so when you hear us in a couple of weeks on the podcast, we will be across the pond over on the continent. So we're going to finish up this installment of Talkin' Dylan with the song Tweeter and the Monkey Man. See you next time. She went to Vietnam Found all the highway Nobody gives a damn They knew that they'd for freedom Just across the Jersey line So they hopped into a store And got to Highway 99 When the walls came down All the way to hell Never saw them when they're standing Never saw them He wanted to see him in the can Jane got married at 14 To a racketeer named Bill She made secret calls to the monkey man From a mansion on the hill It was out on Thunder Road Tweeter at the wheel Crashed into paradise You could hear them tires squeal The undercover cop pulled up said Every one of you here's a liar But you don't surrender now It's gonna go down to the wire And the walls came Place I got to go Took a gun out of the 
with a jaw saying it's best if you don't know. The next day the undercover cop was found face down in a field. The monkey man was on the river bridge using Tweeter as a shield. Chanted to the monkey man, I ain't fooled by Tweeter's curls. I knew him long before he ever became a Jersey girl. And the walls came down.